0: We now turn our attention to the third Parsha of Parsha's Emor, to Shlishi, from Shlishi till Ravi. Now, in the previous lecture, we learned about Mumim, about physical defects of various sorts that disqualify the person, the Kohen, from being involved in the Avodah. Now, we're going to turn our attention to those mumim, those physical defects which disqualify the animal from being appropriate to uh, a korban. And the posuk begins. God spoke to Moshe and said, Speak to the Jewish people, speak to Aaron and his children. We go out to them and say to them, "Ish, Ishmi beis Yisrael u'min ha'ger be Yisrael." Every person from the Jewish household, in the Jewish community, and every ger, meaning a ger Sedek, a convert, Asher yakriv korbanol lechol nidreihem ulechol nidvosam, who offers any sort of neder, any sort of nadava, Asher yakrivu la Hashem which is offered to God as a burnt offering. What is a neder? What is a nedovah? Rashi says, a neder is hare olay. If I say, I promise to give a korban, I'm going to buy a sheep and offer it as a korban. That is haray olay. I don't designate which sheep. I just take on the responsibility of buying a sheep for a korban. That's hare olay. Nedovah, Rashi says, is hare zoo. I go into the corral, I see a nice fat sheep in the corner and I say, that sheep, I hereby pronounce, is going to be my karban ola. So, that's the difference between neder and nadova. Ramban has a different approach, a very interesting one. Whereas Rashi's distinction between neder and nadova is halachic, the Ramban's, you might say, is psychological. The Ramban says... A neder is a korban which a person promises to God when he is in great trouble. When a person is very ill or in some disastrous circumstances and his life is in danger, he turns to God and says, God, if you rescue me, if you perform some miracle, you cure me, you heal me, you deliver me, then I will bring an ola or a shlamim." That is a neder. As it says... Yaakov neder vayomer imodi. Yaakov promises a neder if God will be with him. So a neder comes out of dire straits. Nedova is something given free willingly. A person sitting back, got plenty of money, everything's fine. It's, you know what? I'm gonna give a Nedova to the base of Mikdash. In any case, either way, either way, the Pasuk says. You should do it willingly. You should do it in a way which will serve. L'Ratzon, which will serve to uh, bring about forgiveness for you, appeasement, which will be pleasing to God. What will be pleasing to God? Tomim A male ola, a male burnt offering, a male animal. T'omim, whole, complete, perfect, no blemishes. From cattle, cows, sheep, or goats. Rashi points out, Chazal of course point out, notice what's missing here birds, the pigeons, the yonim, neyona, and the totim, which the Torah speaks about as kosher birds for a korbon. Why are they not mentioned here? Because a mum, a blemish, does not disqualify the bird. There is tamus v'zachrus, the requirement that for Korban Ola, the animal be A, perfect, and B, male, is only for mammals, not for birds. For birds, it's missing a wing, missing a foot, missing an eye. That's a gross defect, and that disqualifies it. But minor defects do not. The passage continues. If the animal, the cow, the sheep, the goat, has a defect, you cannot bring it as a korban. It will not be pleasing. It will not serve to to um, be pleasurable, so to speak, to God. So that's Ola. That's a korban, of burnt offering. V'ishki yakriv zevach If a person should bring a shlomim offering, a shlomim is not totally burnt. Some of it's burnt on the altar, some of it is eaten by the Kohen, some of it's eaten by the person who donates the korban. If a person expresses as a korban shlomim, lefale means to express either a neder or nadova, which we just told you what that means, according to Rashi, according to Ramban, babokor, with cattle, cows, obatson. Son is a generic term which includes both sheep and goats. Here, too, tomim rosom, These for a shlomim, too, the animal must be perfect, unblemished. kol mumlo yebo, let there not be any blemish in it. And here is a list of those... Um, Defects which disqualify it: Averis, if it's blind, o shavur, o or, or broken, o chorutz, o yabeles, or maimed, or having a certain type of wart, o gorov, o lefes, or certain type of skin blemishes and scabs. These cannot be brought to God. You cannot offer these as a korbon. And similarly, vishor vose sorua vikalut, if an animal is either sorua, soruah, says, one of its limbs are larger than the other, the left foreleg is much larger than the right foreleg, etc. Or kolut, if the hooves are not split, in other words, it comes from a species whose hooves are split. But this particular cow, sheep, whatever, hooves are not split. They see, they look like the hooves of a horse or a donkey. That's kalut. Nidovot so These can be brought as a Nidova. Rashi explains, these can be brought lebedek habayis. If I want to donate an animal which is not fit, not qualified to be a corbon. a sheep, let's say, which has one of these defects. I can't offer it as a Corbon, but I can offer it for better kabayas. meaning the Beis Amikdash, the holy temple, uh, had maintenance bills. You had to fix the air conditioning and the plumbing and the walls and the windows, and that cost money. So suppose in order to help defray those costs, I take a sheep which cannot be a good korban. It is sorua, kolor, taveres. It has one of these defects. So I can donate it to the temple treasury and they can then sell it. This could be a perfectly kosher meat. A blind animal can still be shechted and eaten. So it's worth something on the market. and The money could be used to repair the, uh, the upkeep of the besamigdash. So that's what it means here. They can be used for but they're not acceptable for an actual korban sacrifice. And similarly, these are various types of castration or injuries to the testicles of the animals. They cannot be brought as a korban. And here Rashi tells us, not only can you not offer such a carbon such an animal as a carbon, but you cannot do these procedures. You cannot castrate an animal, uh, even if it has nothing whatsoever to do with a hey, you cannot. This is an isur, and the isur refers not only to a behema tahora, to, to a cow, to a sheep, to a goat, but even to a behema tamei, even to one's dog or cat or horse or whatever. This is the isur, the prohibition against sirus, against castrating a, an animal. Serious isur. A lava in the Torah here, be'atzachem lo saasu. Now the pasuk concludes this particular sub. Uh, Parsha, and says Umiyad ben Nechor, from a Gentile Lo sakrivu es lechem Do not bring a korban from a goy, from a non-Jew if that korban is maimed or blemished. Bahem lo This would not be acceptable. Now, here the halacha is as follows. in before the base Hamigdash was finally erected, there were various stages in history when a boma was permitted, when anyone can have his own private altar in the backyard. There were times when that was not permitted, times when it was well permitted. During the times when it was permitted, a goy could bring a carbon on the boma, and if he brought a carbon on the boma, and that carbon was a balmum, it was a blind animal, didn't matter. A goy can bring a korban even from an animal which is a balmum, as long as the animal is not mechus or ever, it's not missing a limb, it uh, doesn't have some gross, um, uh, some gross defect. However, once the Beis HaMikdosh was established, in the times when the bamos were no longer permitted, you couldn't have an altar in your backyard, your own private mizbeach, but you had to go to Yerushalayim, then a can bring a korban. He can bring a korban. A can bring a korban. The Pesach says, ish, ish. The rabbi says, hanochrim. So a guy can bring a korban. But he cannot bring a korban if that animal is a baal mum. And you know the story close to the Chorban Beis Amigdash. The Gemara in Meseches Gitten tells a story how the Caesar sent uh, an offering of an animal and the animal had a very slight mum, a defect in the eye, and uh, the rabbis were in dispute. Should they perhaps offer the animal even though it had a defect because, after all, this was the Caesar you were insulting if you wouldn't accept the Korban? And that story is told in the Gemara in Meseches Gitten with... Very tragic consequences, but the halacha that we're learning here is a guy can bring in a, a korban, but he cannot bring a korban from uh, an animal which is uh, has a defect according to our Torah. Now, part two of this parsha. And some, was, which is familiar to us because we lay this particular selection on Yom Tif. And the Pesach begins, If an ox or a sheep or a goat gives birth to a baby calf or lamb or goat, for seven days you can't slaughter that baby. It has to be with its mother. From the eighth day on, from the eighth day on, then it can be brought as a korban. You can't bring as a korban an animal in its first week of life. Similarly, an ox or a sheep or a goat. You cannot shecht in the same day mother and child, mother animal and child animal. Those are two very interesting and important halachos, which, according to many meforshim, reflect the mercy that one is supposed to have upon animals, not to take them when they're young away from their children, not to slaughter mother and child on the same day. The pasuk now continues. If you bring as an offering, a special offering, an offering of thanksgiving, this too you can bring and it will be a rotson, it will be pleasing to God. There are various droshos on this phrase, and Rashi says that one of it is, you must do so consciously. A person who is a misasek, who's not paying attention to what he's doing, cannot slaughter. Uh, a korban. It has to be slaughtered by one who is one who is aware and cognizant and conscious and intentional in his actions. If you bring a korban todo on uh, Tuesday morning, you've got to eat it that day, Tuesday before sunset. You can't eat it until... uh, You can't leave over until the next morning. I shouldn't say until sunset. By Yochel means you should eat it that day, that full 24-hour day. If, however, you leave it over until sunrise in the next morning, that's not right. That's Nosor. That's, that's, that's a serious issue. These psukim seem to already be moving on away, away from the halachos of Karbonos and rather they're talking about the central concepts of Kiddush Hashem, of sanctifying the name of God, and of Chilul Hashem, of Chas V'Shalom profaning, or desecrating, or shaming the name of God. And so the Posuk says, You dare not defend uh, defile or profane the name, my name, my holy name. V'niktashti besoch b'nei Yisrael. I will be hallowed. I will be sanctified among the Jewish people. Ani Hashem, Echad Ishchem. I am God. Hamotzi eschem e'eretz Mitzrayim lihi yoslochem nalohim. Who took you out of Misraim to be your God? Ani Hashem. I am God. As Rashi says, Ne'emon lekabel Soch. I am God who will either punish or reward you, if depending upon. I said, "Nemon Kabel socher." I mean, "Nemon Shalem socher." I am the God who will reward you if you do these things um, properly, but not uh, if you um, if you do not. Now, the uh, Rambam in Sefer Hamitzvos explains. Very interestingly that there are three levels of Kiddush Hashem. And it is uh, Kadai to review with you in summer in conclusion here what the Rambam says. It's in Sefer Hamitsvos, Mitzvos say, sixty three, Samach Kimon. The Rambam says there are three levels or categories of Kiddush Hashem. Two for the masses for everyone and one just for yechidim sheboam, just for special, special people. The general one is number one. There's two general ones. Number one is if a person is asked to violate any mitzvah b'shas hashmat, you have a a uh, conquering nation that conquers the Jewish people and says to us, you can't put on tzitzis, you can't wear tefillin, you can't, uh, you have to be mechallel shabbos, etc. That's a shaz ha they're out to get our religion. Then you have to be willing to do those mitzvahs, even if it means death. Or if you are asked to violate the laws against idolatry, you're asked to worship an idol. Or you're asked to commit adultery or some other forbidden um, sexual act. You have to be willing to give up your life rather than do these things or murder. If you're told, murder someone or you'll be shot, you have to say, shoot me, I'm not going to kill another person. This is for everyone, number one. Number two, a person who does avero not out of... Tavo, not out of lust. It's not that he eats McDonald's cheeseburgers because he just loves cheeseburgers. But he does it out of spite. He does it to show that he doesn't care about the Jewish religion. He's going to do these things anyway. This is also chilul, shame, Shamayim. Then there's another level, and that is only for special people. And that is if a person... Is known because he is a righteous person, a great rabbi, a very pious person. People know him. Then that person has to watch everything he does, even small things which are really permissible, but which can be misinterpreted. He has to be careful not to do them, lest he be guilty of chilul Hashem. This is the powerful mitzvah in this week's parsha. The nikdashti, I want to be sanctified. And sanctification sometimes requires the willingness to sacrifice one's very life. And so, we have now finished uh, up until Ravii. We finished three of seven. We finished until Ravii. And, Mietz Hashem, tomorrow we will go on to study Ravii until Hamish.